Live from the historic river market in downtown Kansas City, Missouri, from the crystal blue waters of the Missouri River, it's Two Douchebags and a Microphone Podcast. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. Next up, things overheard in hell. Tara Brady in the Las Vegas Raiders just won their 30th Super Bowl in a row yesterday. This is Two Douchebags and Microphone. I'm Mark. And I'm Rob. Hey, thanks for joining us. Um, anyhow, I got some uh, interesting stuff here. You got some stuff too, Rob? Uh, yeah, actually, if you don't mind, I got one I'm going to start with. Let me pull it up real okay. quick. Okay, go ahead. Um, unfortunately, we lost another star today. And who would that be? I have not heard. Uh... Suzanne Summers. Oh, oh man, she made every guy, uh, every guy's right hand. She gave him tar- carpal tunnel if they're right-handed. If they're left-handed, yeah, she gave him carpal yeah. tunnel on the left hand. Yes, yeah. Suzanne Summers, best known for her roles in TV's Three's Company, and she's the sheriff, has died at seventy-six. Oh. Summers' longtime publicist, publicist R. Curry Hay a statement on behalf of the actor's family with the news Sunday. The actress who survived an aggressive form of breast cancer for over 23 years passed away peacefully at home in the early morning hours on Sunday, the statement read, which is today. That's right. Wasn't she into holistic uh, ways of treating breast cancer? It kept her alive for a long time, I believe. I I, I think so. Yeah, I I believe if I remember that correctly. Um, Suzanne was surrounded by her loving husband, Alan, her son, Bruce, and her immediate family. The statement continued. Well, I'm glad she had a very... Her family was gathered to celebrate her 77th birthday on October 16th. Instead, they will celebrate her extraordinary life and want to thank her millions of fans and followers who loved her dearly. That's cool. She would, she would have turned 77 tomorrow. Okay, so she was 76. I think she lived a long time with breast cancer, and she was doing holistic, I believe, uh, um, um, types of treatment instead of traditional you know, chemotherapy and all that. I believe so. I'll have to look at it to make sure I'm right on that, but I believe that that was her thing. She was going around talking to radio shows and all different kinds of uh, different platforms, talking about it, I believe, for quite a while. Well, you know what? Um um, we wish you uh, the most happiness in the great beyond, Suzanne Summers. Um, uh, you know, um, you seem like a really good person. And uh, anyhow, 
Um, yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. We really, we really enjoyed your, enjoyed you. Especially young men really enjoyed your presence on TV. So, Very much so. Yes. Anyhow, all right. I've got a uh, a, a straight from Topher's desk. Oh, good. All right. Well, Topher did a little checking, and uh, he just wanted people aware of a lot of these companies that say they're American-owned are no longer American-owned. Or omission. They act, they don't say anything about being sold, and they never will. And they'll never really acknowledge it publicly. But what they do is they lay low after they're sold and act like nothing happened, in my opinion. And that way, yeah, that way, 90% of America who's too busy watching TikTok have no idea they're no longer an American company. So, uh, uh, Topher put together a little list here that he wanted me to relate to you. Um, Joe and Jane podcast wanted you guys to, uh, know about these, uh, said companies that are no longer American companies, but owned by foreign, uh, corporations. Number one, Popsicle brand. The original headquarters was Oakland, California. It was purchased by Unilever. Unilever, I think is how they pronounce it. U-N-I-L-E-V-E-R. Unilever. Unilever. Yeah, they do a lot of soaps and stuff like that. And the country is England. Uh, And the English own it. Number two, Ben and Jerry's. You know those peaceful... Oh, really? Yeah, those peaceful, loving hippies. Ah... They sold out. You know the people who would never sell out and you know, always fighting the man? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those fucks. Original headquarters, South Burlington, Vermont, purchased by Unilever, country England. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, so Unilever's like making some big, uh, big time, uh, you know, moving and shaking here in America, it sounds like. Yeah. Number three. Burger King, or as I know them, Burger Bitch. Original headquarters, Miami, Florida. Purchased by Restaurant Brands International Country, Canada. So Restaurant Brands International, I knew that was a Canadian company, but I thought they they opened up uh, a division in America too, but I guess not, not according to this. So anyhow, the... um, uh, their country is Canada, so they're no longer American-owned, it looks like. Number four, huh. Trader Joe's. Original headquarters. Go ahead, what were you saying? Oh, I, I was just, I, I just going to say, really? Yeah, Trader Joe's. Original headquarters, Monrovia, California. Purchased by Theo Albrecht. Country, Germany. So Theo Albright, I don't know if that's like one person. Sounds or, like an individual. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be a corporation, but I don't know. But so the corporation. You you would that? think so. So Theo Albright, whoever that is, owns yes. it now. So number five, American Apparel. Original headquarters was Los Angeles, California. It was purchased by. Gildan Activewear, and I had no idea Gildan was a Canadian company, and from uh-huh. Canada. And Gildan, I mean, I have I have a lot of shirts that are that are Gildan because quite I mean, yeah. fr- quite frankly, they're very comfortable, very affordable shirts. 
I mean, you could buy like oh, their socks. Their socks are comfortable too. Yeah, yeah, and they're not really expensive either. I like Gildan. I'm glad they're here for sale because I do use their products. Uh, but their um, their origin is Canadian, so. Hmm. Anyhow, but I I like them quite a bit, like you do, and I do have quite a few of their products. And I know this: if you're going to buy a lot of cheap shirts and print something on them or whatever, you go Gildan. Everybody goes Gildan because you can get a great deal buying a bunch of shirts from them. So, anyhow, the next one: Seven Eleven, original headquarters, Dallas, Texas. Purchased by 7&I Holdings from Japan. But around here, a lot of 7-Elevens were, and I don't know if they still are, owned by a company called Southland Corporation. And they originate in Japan because 7-Eleven does franchise their companies. Quick Trip doesn't. You know, Quick Trip owns all their stuff. Yeah. If you're around the Midwest, I think they go maybe to Ohio now. Um, they go out west into Kansas. And I don't know. I I think I don't know if they're they in Colorado. No, you guys don't have them there, uh, nope. for whatever reason. They have them in Tulsa. the The origination of uh, of Quick Trip is Tulsa. That's their headquarters. But anyhow, Seven um, Eleven would franchise ten, twenty of their uh, of their stores, and around Kansas City, Southland Corporation owned a lot of the Seven Eleven stores, and they were from Japan because a good friend of mine worked there. He told me, he said, man, our checks come from Japan because Southland is a Japanese company is what he told me. So I was like, oh, okay. So it does not surprise me that 7-Eleven is owned by a Japanese uh, holding company. So um, number seven, Sunglass Hut. The original headquarters were Miami, Florida, purchased by Luxottica Group from Italy. Oh, that sounds about right, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, all Italians wear sunglasses, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I even think they bury them in sunglasses, don't they? Some do. Some yeah. Do. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Or at least we're going to go with that. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow. Yeah, it sounds good anyway. It sounds great. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going with it, too. Yeah. I have a good authority. Um, the... Uh, the Italian consulate called me, and they told me that that's what the deal was. So, anyhow. Okay, okay. okay, all right, okay. Moving right along. Holiday Inn, original headquarters, Memphis, Tennessee. Purchased by Inter Intercontinental Hotels in the country's England. Hmm, we have an Intercontinental in Kansas City. So, I, yeah. that is owned by an English company. And it was interesting because they applied for Urban Blight and they're on the plaza. And I was like thinking, that's absurd. Urban Blight on the plaza? I mean, uh, for how much they charge their fucking rooms, how can you say Blight? My God, the Intercontinental is like three times the price of any other four or five star hotel, in my opinion. I, I, anyhow, I was like, Urban Blight? Fuck them. No, but... I think they got it is a sad thing. So that's an English company that applied for it. Okay. Number nine. Allegedly. Number nine. Yeah, Smith allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Number nine, Smithfield. They do all the pork products around here. We have a uh, Smithfield plant about right. two miles away from us. They employ a lot of people. I knew some people that were employed by them. Um, anyhow, the original headquarters, Smithville, 
Smithfield, Virginia, I guess that's how they got the name, they took over farmland, Smithfield. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, the original headquarters, Smithfield, Virginia, purchased by WH Group. The country is Hong Kong. Hmm. Huh. Makes you wonder how much of that food they send to Hong Kong, doesn't it? Next one. I don't know what this is. Iron Man? You have any idea what Iron Man is? No, I don't. Well, whatever it is. I know where I know where Iron Ten is. Okay. Um well whatever Whatever Iron Man is, its original headquarters was Tampa Bay, Florida. It is purchased by Dalian Wanda Group, and the country of origin is China. This next one got me, Rob. Forbes. He has in Forbes magazine, as in the wealth people. Original headquarters, Jersey City, New Jersey, right across the bay from New York. Or they were purchased by Integrated Whale Media from China. Forbes. Huh. Forbes is a Chinese owned company. Interesting. That's interesting. Isn't it? That's very interesting these days. Uh, I'm going to go on with a few more, but we're not going to take a crazy amount of time yeah, on this because yeah. there are just so many. I could go on, literally go on all night. And uh, Number 12 on this list is Dirt Devil. Original headquarters was Charlotte, North Carolina. Purchased by. Tektronic Industries, and that is from China. Number 13, Good Humor, which is ice cream bars. And they may make other types of treats, too, but ice cream is their most famous. The original headquarters was Youngstown, Ohio. And now they are purchased, they were purchased by Unilever from England. Purina. Everybody knows Purina, right? Everybody fed their dogs Purina at one time or another or put their flea stuff on their dog or cat or whatever. Purina, great, well-known, formerly American-owned company. Their original headquarters was Nashville. But it was purchased by Bridgestone from Japan. So Bridgestone Tires, I guess, is a Japanese company. Wow. Yeah. Next one, Firestone. Original headquarters, Nashville, Tennessee, purchased by Bridgestone, the country, Japan. What? Yeah, Firestone is owned by okay. Bridgestone. I say I did. Number, I didn't pay much attention. I, I didn't know any of this. I've been out of loop. I've number, been out of loop for a while. Number 16, Gerber. You know, remember the famous Gerber baby? Yeah. Everybody yeah. remembers them. You know, great company, feed babies, other reliable, been around forever. Original co- uh, headquarters were Florham Park, New Jersey. They're purchased by Nestle from Switzerland. And now, let me go on to that. Nestle, I think, was purchased by Swiss Miss. And I think that's why it's from Switzerland. Yeah, So I think so. There's a connection right there. Number 17, Hellman's Original Headquarters, New York City, purchased by Unilever. From England. So Hellman's Mayo, which is very good mayo, my favorite. It's just got a better flavor to me. Unilever. 
Um, 18, Sitgo. Sitgo was a very well-known petroleum company. Around here, they were uh, paired up with 7-Elevens, but it depends on where you go in the country. They pair up with other um, um, convenience stores all over. Some of them are on the interstates in the middle, Sitgo's. Very, very famous petroleum company from Houston, Texas. Purchased by Portralios de Veloenza. Country. Venezuela. No, Venezuela. <laughs> yeah, Italy, I should have said that. I should have said Italy. You're like, huh? What? Did I miss something? <laughs> Number 19, and we'll go to 20, and then we'll cap it off there. Number 19, General Electric. But I knew this for a long time because I knew, yeah, yeah. I knew electricians, and they don't like using GE products. Original headquarters, Boston, Massachusetts, purchased by Hoover or Hire. I, I think it's pronounced hey, um, Hayer, but I don't know. H-A-I-E-R, Hoover, I've heard it pronounced every way. Appliance division only from China. Number 20 is Motorola. Original headquarters, Schaumburg, Illinois, Chicago, basically. Purchased by Lenovo in the country's China. And if you ever use a Motorola phone, you could pretty much guess that they had something to do with China, in my opinion. So, anyhow, um, I got an interesting story that I ran across, uh, Rob. Okay. Okay. You know the Osbournes um, have a podcast out now, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's decent. It, it's, um, uh, um, I don't know. It. I, I like listening to it, but I find myself checking out quite a bit. Um, I think they're getting better as they go. Uh, people probably do that to us. They probably like space off when we're talking. I don't know. But anyhow, um, they tell some pretty good stories on there. And this one here um, kind of got me that they would even talk about it. But do you know um, Sharon and Ozzy have a suicide pact? No, I did. Yeah. Sharon Osbourne has confirmed her end-of-life pact with her husband, Ozzy Osbourne, is still in place. The famed couple plans to undergo physician-assisted suicide if either of them is suffering from Alzheimer's disease, which I get. Anyone that has ever seen anyone suffer from Alzheimer's would probably feel the same way because it is a horrible, horrible condition and a horrible way to die, so... I could, uh, quite frankly, I could, uh, I could see that. The pact was initially made in Sharon's 2007 memoir, Survivor, My Story, The Next Chapter. After her father, Don Arden, died after battling Alzheimer's, Sharon said watching her father's condition deteriorate was painful for the whole family, and he became a shell of himself due to the, the disease being believed to be hereditary, Sherry and uh, Sharon and Ozzy both agreed they would want to be put out of their misery. So, not only do they have a suicide pact, but they have, it sounds like they have a physician assistance waiting. Dr. Gavorkian himself. Uh, I guess. Is he still alive? Didn't he die? I I, I think he died. I think he yeah, died. Okay. He died. Well, someone died someone like Dr. Kravorkian, it sounds like they have him on retainer. 
Well, now, we have looked into it. It could be legal over in England. I don't know. You know what? That's true. I don't um, know laws over there. Yeah, me neither. I'll try to look that it's up. It's illegal here. But... Oh, by the way, by the way, Rob, I failed this. I was busy all day today. I had to work and do some other stuff. We got we got a structural engineer coming over tomorrow about some stuff going on in the house. Um, and um, we got get shit moved around for him, and he's going to be out first thing in the morning. So I had no time to text Topher right. over the uh, the tiebreakers. So I don't have an answer on that. But okay. I, I will get that to us here as soon as I get, I'm able to get a minute to do that. So, all right, all right. yeah, because I promised answers tonight, and I just, I simply, I don't have them because I didn't have time to. So, but you know hey, what? I understand. It gets busy. Yeah. Yeah, it does. So, why don't we take us a little break, and then we're going to come back with some more fun-filled shit. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Fun-filled shit? You can't beat it, can you? Hey, that's the best. All right. Let's hear you say it, Rob. Fun-filled shit. Fun-filled shit or free. There you go. We'll be back. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. Men, your headphones snag on every door handle. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. You are just like a cloud. It's a beautiful day when you disappear. And now, Deep Thoughts with Mark. Should I throw away all my socks, then only buy 30 pair of one kind of sock? Will they eventually not match up? <laughs> I may never know. And we are back just like that. Two douchebags and microphone were like that bad case of herpes you can't scratch away. That's us. I'm Mark. And I'm Rob. All right. I'm, I'm known as Herpes 1. He's known as Herpes 2. We're two standalone bumps that work in unison. You're welcome, America. You're welcome. Did you hear a thank you, Rob? I, I thought I heard a thank I thought I heard a faint one too, so we're gonna go ahead and go with that. Well, it, it had. If you thought you heard it, and I thought I heard it, it had to be somewhere in between. I bet it was Montrose. Oh, Montrose loves us. Montrose is our number that'd one be, market. That'd be about right in between us. It would be. Yeah, I'm, I'll yeah. bet you people at the old power plant are buzzing this shit all over in in the boilers, right? I bet they yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. You know, this time of the year is when they traditionally like start fixing the boilers up because um, I know this because part of my sheet metal training and experience right. was going out and working in these boilers. Um, the boiler makers doing a majority of it, but on the outside of the boilers of these power plants, coal coal burning ones, um, 
whenever you burn the coal that they have to burn, it has a certain degree of sulfur in it. It creates sulfuric acid, which eats away the metal, and then we have to go in there and like uh, torch it out and then weld new pieces of metal in it. And this yeah. has to be done routinely. So, um, anyhow, I'm sure those people out there right now, they're cutting holes in them and replacing them. They, shut, they have two boilers there. They'll shut one down and do the repair, then keep the other one going, and then vice versa. So, right. I'm sure they're down there cutting out the boilers, listening to us, going, yep. Because they know we love Montrose. I mean, what could be better than a power plant and a junkyard, right? Right, right. Yes. Man, that's, that's ultimate living. Yeah, yeah. So Montrose, our number one market, we love you. The pride and joy of Henry County. Yes, it is. Yes. I mean, you cannot say Henry County without going Montrose. I, I, I went camping at Montrose when I was a kid. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, do they have That's like... power plant. That's power plant. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I know people that fish down there at Lacine, still to this day, they yeah. fish at Lacine when it's 10 below. Because the water, that, the water that comes out of the boilers is like, I don't know, 60 degrees. So it keeps the, uh, it keeps the lake warm and absolutely no ice on it all year round. And people be out there in their fucking thermals fishing all damn day they're just excited they get to fish at that time and not ice fish you know like cut holes in ice or whatever because that's dangerous around these parts we hardly ever anymore does the winter allow us to have anything iced over enough to walk on it so it's dangerous to ice fish around here because you may not be able to cut a hole in it because you may have just fell in it so Anyhow, Rob, we turn to you. Do you have any neat little thing you want to get to? A little ha-ha? Uh, yes, I have an update. All right, Rob. The floor is yours. Uh, something I just reported on one of the two shows last night. Okay. The family of Olympic gymnast champion Mary Lou Retton says she is making remar- remarkable progress in her battle with a rare form of pneumonia that landed her in intensive care. Kenny Kelly, one of Rutten's four daughters, posted an update on Instagram Saturday that said the 55-year-old Rutten's breathing is becoming stronger and her path to recovery is steadily progressing. Though it's a lengthy journey, witnessing these improvements is incredibly heartening, Kelly wrote. She's being... She's beginning to respond to treatments. The family disclosed earlier this week that Retton, who became the first American female gymnast to win the Olympic all-round title at the 1984 Los Angeles Olympics, was fighting for her life unable to breathe on her own after being diagnosed with pneumonia. Donations have poured into a fundraiser. The family set up to help offset Retton's medical expenses good after the after the family said she didn't have medical insurance there's been more than 7500 donations totaling over four hundred fifteen thousand dollars by saturday afternoon hooray good 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 there's hope for there's Mm -hmm. hope let's keep our prayers keep her in her prayers our thoughts yes absolutely as you do yep Yep. Um, 
I've got a coffee study that was I was going to get into on yesterday's podcast, but it's very lengthy, so I decided not to. You feel like maybe we should get into this right now? If you want to. Okay. All right. Um, number one, coffee is it's definitely one of my pastimes. Like I said, um, when I used to go out of town for work all the time, a lot of guys would go to bars. I was past that stage in my life. I used to go to bars when I was younger. I don't. I don't want to anymore. I don't want to go in there and drink and hurt the next day and meat market. You know, I'm married. You know, I didn't want any of that. Right. So my thing was coffee houses, coffee houses, and the the unique pastries they have or bagels that they have, according to that area. You know, like Denver had a lot of coffee houses in the downtown area with a lot of Italian pastries for some reason. I think a lot of Italians owned them, owned the businesses there maybe. And uh, anyhow, they had some really neat biscotti cookies and stuff that you could dip into the, the coffees. And and, um, and then um, Boston had a lot of them. I was trying to think of some of the major areas. A lot of coffee houses with their own unique uh coffees and and uh and pastries um and so coffee is a it's like a pastime of mine i'm very into it always have been for quite a while and probably always will be um my um so anyhow someone read this it didn't necessarily surprise me because i'm a coffee nerd i mean i used to do uh, i i don't do them anymore but i don't think anyone really does them anymore but you ever heard of a pour over Okay, a pour over is where they take a special blend of coffee, whatever that coffee house is known for, and you know if they're a very good coffee house, they have their own blend of whatever. And oh, this is a Nicaraguan with a uh, with a um, I don't know a Peruvian finish or something like that, right? So um, a pour over is where they take a cloth and they put it over the cup that the coffee is going to go into. And in this cloth, they have coffee grounds that are uh, ground a special way. And they slowly pour the hot water in there. Um, and that's how they brew the coffee. It's like uh, it's actually brewed by hand for real. And what it okay. does is it's not as bitter. If, they, if the barista knows what they're doing, it's the best cup of coffee you'll ever have. All you need to do is put in some simple syrup, which is made out of... Uh, cane sugar and water basically some people variation it a little bit but it's basically sugar water you put a little simple sugar and stir it in there and the coffee is perfect so um, anyhow this study okay what percentage of people drink coffee of 1500 people surveyed 74 percent of the people drink coffee every day the survey also found that 18% of people drink coffee most days and 8% of people drink coffee sometimes. So that's almost 100% people drinking coffee. Yeah. Um, how do people take their coffee? Of those who do not prefer their coffee black, which is 59%, 49% of coffee consumers use normal sugar and 34% of people prefer stevia or similar zero calorie calorie sweeteners on average people use two packets of sugar in each cup of coffee additionally 48 percent of people use generic coffee creamers 
Number three, what age group drinks uh, coffee the most? The silent generation are the baby boomers, which are those uh, born between 1946 and 1964, is the age group that drinks the most coffee. According to our survey, 84% of baby boomers drink coffee every day, with 50% drinking three to five cups a day. Additionally, retirees are the most likely to drink coffee every day, 85%. You see, that surprised me because a lot of the younger, the younger generation is into their Starbucks, into their coffee houses, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't know the, I knew the boomers drank coffee, but I didn't know they drank that much coffee. So. Oh, I did. I did. Okay. Well, I, you know what? You you go into uh, I don't know a Sap Brothers or a what? What are some of the other big uh, uh, come and go or what? Well, anyhow, um, you see them in there. You're right, drinking their their uh, old fashioned regular coffee in a mug. You're right. How much does the average person poor, average person spend on coffee? Most people, 54%, spend $20 or less on coffee from cafes or coffee shops each month. Additionally, 50%, 56% of people will spend 11 to $30 each month on coffee each month on coffee to make it home. Interesting enough. Yeah, a study found that those who drink one one and a half to three and a half cups of coffee a day have a 30% decreased mortality rate. Drinking four or more cups of coffee a day may lower the risk of strokes. A Harvard study among 83,076 women in the Nurses Health Study found that drinking four or more cups of coffee each day was associated with 20% lower risk of stroke compared with non-coffee drinkers. I find that interesting. The love for coffee is deeply integrated in many cultures around the world. It is not only a morning ritual or a pick-me-up during the day, but also a social experiment that brings people together. As coffee enthusiasts, our market research company understands the significance of this beloved beverage and the fascinating statistics that are around it. That are around it. To shed light on the world of coffee, we have gathered the latest and most intriguing coffee statistics from a survey we conducted with 1,500-plus people across the U.S. According to our research, Three in four Americans drink coffee every day, 74%. 49% of people drink three to five cups a day. 32% of people purchase coffee from a coffee shop one to three days a week, with many spending $20 or less a month. 56% of people agree that coffee benefits their health. 39% of people report Starbucks coffee is their favorite brand, with 30% that prefer Dunkin' coffee. So... Two and three Americans make coffee at home every day. Over, yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I do too, but I, I buy blends. I buy some local blends that I really like around here. I don't use Folgers. But, I mean, I know a lot of people use Folgers and they swear by it. I mean, I used to. I was more of a Maxwell House guy. I That's like, what I was getting ready to say. That's what I normally drink is Maxwell House. I, I like that better. If I have to drink a regular brand of coffee, it's Maxwell House. Yeah. To me, Folgers... Actually, I, I just recently started drinking coffee again. I quit for like five years. Why? And it went back... Well, I don't know. 
I just, it was messing with my stomach, and it, I don't know. I just. Okay, no, that's cool. That's all right. And then then that, the other night when I went to that 38 special concert, it was nice and cold. We get back from the concert. She asked me if I wanted a cup of coffee. I said, sure, give me a cup. I've been drinking a pot a day ever since, dude. Cool. A pot a day. Okay, well. Um, I could I could go that route. It gets me a little too jittery, so I really don't. Uh, yeah, dude, that's the problem I'm having. I'm, I'm cutting back a little bit. I'm going to start going like three-fourths of pot. Okay. Here are coffee roasts. Coffee roast preference statistics. 49% of Americans prefer medium roast coffee, while others prefer dark, 28%, and light roast, 12%. Coincidentally, though, did you know that light roast has the most caffeine in it, not dark roast? I didn't know that. Yeah. I bet you a lot of people get the dark roast, because I used to be one of these people. The dark roast think there's more coffee in it, or more caffeine in it. That is simply not true. The light roast has the most caffeine, so I wonder if like people get the uh, get the dark ro- the dark roast thinking they're going to get more uh, caffeine, and why more people do the medium roast is because forty nine percent of people do is because they want it a little stout but not crazy stout. Right. Because I uh, me I like the taste of a medium roast better or a dark yeah, roast. Me too. But I liked a little bit more zip in a light roast, but it doesn't matter. Only 11% of coffee drinkers have no roast preference. They don't care. I can see that. A lot of people just aren't that into it. It's just like, give me my cup of joe, and I'll be on my way. Thanks. See you later. I get it. Especially when they first open their eyes. They don't care. Yep, you're right. 68% of people do not drink decaf coffee at all. I'm one of them. Why? Why in the fuck would you drink coffee if it's decaf? That's pointless. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's like jerking off and then stopping before you climax. It's like, why'd I do that? That'd be like eating sugar-free chocolate. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. I agree. Pointless. Pointless. 18% of people strictly drink decaf coffee. Well, that's only 18%, and they're all deranged, and they're not to be trusted. If anyone ever tells you they like decaf coffee... Hit him in the face as hard as you can and leave. Right? Now, if they yeah. tell you they drink instant decaf, oh. what might help? Oh. oh. What might help? Yeah, don't even, don't even bother hitting them because they're a yeah. psychopath. No, no, don't, yeah. yeah, don't waste your time. And I'll go a step further. If they say they drink decaf coffee, instant coffee, and they like kale, uh, shoot them. Shoot them, yeah, yeah. Riddle them with bullets, and then tell the uh, tell the local the local authorities that this person drank decaf instant coffee and loves kale. They they will give you a hero's badge. They'll go, hang on a minute, hang on, we got to get something for you. They'll bring you back a little badge and go, thank you for doing the world a favor. So they'll give you the key to the city. Yes. And this is sarcasm, this is hyperbole, this is... Yes, it is. Yes. We make jokes here, or what we think are jokes, even though they are or not. So, of those who drink... Yeah, of those who drink decaf coffee, 32%, 17% switch to decaf between 12 and 4 p.m. Aw, 
The little fella just can't handle that buzz that late, huh? Uh, well, bless your bless your little heart. <laughs> okay, 38% of Americans prefer coffee unsweetened. And I like unsweetened coffee only when you have a really good pastry that you can dip in it. What say you, Rob? I drink my coffee black. Oh, you do? Okay. Always have. Okay, cool. You don't put any pastry or anything like that in it? No, I mean, I I might eat a donut chaser. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, black coffee with a, a donut with black coffee chaser is fantastic. Oh, my God, yeah. Especially a glazed, just a glazed donut, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hot those are good. Donut. A hot glazed hot. donut. Yes. Hot glazed donut with a black coffee chaser is immaculate. Oh. It's, oh, it's good. That, 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 that there tells you you're living your best life. That's right. And if anyone doesn't like that, they are never to be trusted. You go home, you write down their name, and they are to have their hard drive checked, right? Yep. Yes. All right. Let's see. 32% of people purchase coffee from a coffee shop one to three days a week. Most um, 56% of Americans strongly or somewhat agree that consuming coffee benefits their health. We already went over that, but... This thing is compiled of different articles. I did this new program that I have. It's called like Shake It Up or something. And it's where you put in a subject and it finds different articles and it blends them all together. Isn't that cool? Yeah, yeah it's it really cool. It, it is. Okay, let's see. Over 2.25 billion cups of coffee are consumed in the world daily. 87. I can see that. No, I could too, very easily. 87% of Americans consider themselves somewhat or full-on coffee-obsessed. 55% of Americans enjoy coffee cake. Shop-flavored lattes. What? I like a good coffee cake. Good coffee cake is really good, and it's aptly named. I mean, a coffee cake is great with coffee, coincidentally. Yeah. So... Shop-flavored lattes are the most popular coffee order at coffee shops, which I, I agree because, you know, we go down to the City Market Coffee right in front of there is where we do the podcast when, when we can. Um, yeah. And um, we go in, I go into there, I even go in there on my off days. Me and Topher go down to City Market Coffee and have us a coffee. Uh, we try to do it once a week. Um, only we're, uh, we are going, me and Val and a couple of friends of ours are going to Eureka Springs mid, midweek, midway through this week. So we're going to miss this week, but, uh, being around that coffee shop and coffee shops used to be one of my hobbies when I was out of town. I could tell you that the, uh, shot based lattes are the most popular. And I would say that an iced latte is probably a little bit more popular and hopefully it goes into that. Is a little bit more popular than a uh, than a hot latte, and then with lattes, I think the number one one that I, this is from my own experience, just watching. I would say the number one um, milk that they have in it is skim, and number two would be oat milk, and number three would be almond, and then I think whole milk is down the line a bit. 
but that's what I've noticed around coffee shops I've been at. 39% yeah, of them. Yeah. Um, anyhow, let's see. Coffee drinkers prefer both drip, 31%, and Keurig, 31%, equally. I'm not much of a Keurig fan. To me, it makes the coffee have kind of an acidy taste. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan of it, but I know a lot of people love the Keurig. Keurig. 49% of coffee consumers use normal sugar. 34% prefer stevia or similar, similar uh, zero-calorie sweeteners. Um, coffee drinkers, uh, let's see, limit their coffee take to three to five cups a day. Even if they want more coffee, they limit it to five cups. Um, anyhow, that's pretty much the gist of it. And... Uh, doesn't surprise me. Does it surprise you, Rob? Not really. No? Not really. Nope. Me neither. All right. We will be right back with some more idiocy and stupid stuff, if I could talk. Be right back. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. Mate. Your five-year-old neighbor have all their violin lessons during all of your hangovers. Next up, things overheard in hell. Man, Axel Rose is such a great childhood therapist. I hope he writes more books. Brick shells energy drink. That's right, brick shells energy drink. Make that little girl chew off your balls. You want to fuck shit up? Please enjoy Brick Shithouse Energy Drink responsibly. It's not readily available anywhere because of liability issues. All right, two douchebags and microphone. I'm Mark. And I'm Rob Red. All right. So, Rob, you got anything you want to talk about or anything? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, I was supposed to do this last night, but somehow we skipped it. So, I'll I probably got the blabbing. I'm going to go ahead and apologize for blabbing. Eh. Why? <laughs> you know what? You're right. It won't be the last time. No. So, anyhow, go ahead. That's an old West IG. Oh, okay, cool. We love those. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't done one in a few days. Okay. Uh, imagine a world where beds consist of strong hay without any bed frames to elevate them. It may seem unthinkable today, but that was the reality of the past. Comfort was a secondary concern as sleeping on straw was still preferable to the bare floor. However, it was extremely difficult to have proper sanitation and regular replacement of the straw is often impractical. This led to some less than ideal sleeping arrangements. Mm -hmm. Often often the hay beds were riddled with bugs and lice and other creepy crawler that nestled its way into the haystacks. Mm. Wow. Makes you appreciate modern convenience, doesn't it? Uh, 
know, I think I'm probably going to have a hard time sleeping tonight after reading that. Jeez. Mm. Imagine, just think of this, Rob. Imagine all the people, like it wasn't uncommon, they got a fucking spider bite and it killed them. Right? Yeah. Like nowadays, yeah. we um, we get a brown recluse bite. If you hurry, if you hurry, you, you'll live fine. You'll be fine. Don't get infection is the main thing. Don't have an infection in your bloodstream because that can kill you. A black widow is neurotoxin. It affects your nerves. If you get that, you need to go seek the antivenom in a hospital immediately. So there's other venomous spiders too, but the two most well-known around these parts, and I don't think we even have that many black widows. Do you have that many down there? Uh, yeah, they're more common down here. Have you ever seen one? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Okay. And they're the real Wait, shiny black... Tarantulas down here. Too. Tarantulas are all over, and yeah, they will make you sick too, but I don't think they'll yeah, hurt they'll you. Make, Go they'll ahead. They'll have to poison it. Oh, okay, that's what I thought. They're the ones that are uh, don't have a very strong venom at all, do they? Yeah. Okay. Um, some types of tarantulas will really screw you up if they if they bite you or if they sting you. But um, I would say around my parts, there's a lot of brown recluses. And if you go uh, straight to the hospital, you'll be okay. Because they will yeah. uh, they will do certain things, take the uh, get the poison out of you, give you certain things. You'll you'll most likely be okay. So um, anyhow, think of all the people that just went to bed on one of these hay bales, right? And there happened to be a poisonous spider there. It bit them. They woke up in the morning and said, "Hey, someone go over there and get Jeb. Man, we gotta go get after these hay bales." And it's like, "Man, he's dead. What? Yeah, he 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 wouldn't wake up." He's blue. They go over there, and they're like, "Oh shit! Look, look at that! A spider got him." <laughs> Isn't that a whole nother world? Yeah. Yeah, that would be so freaky. Be like, "Yeah, oh, what happened to Jeb? Yeah, well, we think a recluse got him. We're not for sure. Something got him. Um, I mean, snakes too. You know, there's snakes everywhere. I mean, it. Whole nother world. So all of these uh, critters that were in there too, probably a lot of spiders, don't you think? And probably some of them venomous. Yeah, I would say so. Scorpions can fuck you up, too. Around here, we have the brown one, which isn't deadly, like the black one that's like, uh, I think, in the southwest, right? Yeah. The ones around here, you have a lot more of them at the lake than we do here in Kansas City. But the brown scorpion will take your hand and make it the size of a fucking football, but probably won't kill you. I mean, if it gets you on the hand or something. Uh, it gets you somewhere else, it'll give you a big lump, and it'll hurt like hell, and it'll be, like, really hot. But most likely, you'll be okay. So, um, anyhow, even scorpions will fuck you up. So, anyhow. Um, well, another good another good Old West hygiene, Rob. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Um, recently, as of the day before yesterday, was Friday the 13th, right? Yes. Have you ever wondered where all these weird ass circ- uh, uh, superstitions came from? From Friday, Friday the thirteenth. Why so many people are um, so freaky about Friday the thirteenth? I have yeah, a list. Sometimes I do wonder that. Me too, because I know a lot of people that like won't do certain things on Friday the thirteenth. I know people that if a black cat goes across their path, they will literally 
find a way to go the other way. I, I, and, you know, so, yeah. anyhow. Okay. So, well, I can't... A lot of a lot of the Greek side of my family are very superstitious too, and that comes from over there. They're extremely superstitious people, so I can't really say anything because I have family members that are actually really superstitious too. But anyhow, Americans have long harbored suspicion of the number thirteen, giving rise to the term tristecophobia. The superstition surrounding the number has led to various peculiar practices, such as buildings omitting the 13th floor. You know, in Vegas, there's no 13 floors. Actually, I don't yeah, think I don't think true. anywhere now. I think that all the buildings they build do not have a 13th floor. It goes from 12 to 14. And airlines avoiding the 13th row on the planes, which they do. The historical roots of the superstition can be traced back to the significance of the number 12 in Western traditions and various stories of 13 guests bringing misfortune, such a, such in North mythology and the Last Supper of Jesus Christ. The union of Friday and the number 13 as an unlucky day can be attributed to sparse historical references and the notorious downfall of the Knights Templar on Friday, October 13, 1307. So it goes back a long ways. The superstition was further solidified in the 20th century with the release of the movie Friday the 13th in 1980, sparking a lasting association with horror and misfortune. Despite la- This is from 1440 Digest Online, by the way. Despite lacking statistical evidence of any increased misfortune, Friday the 13th continues to captivate and the imagination of those consumed by tristacophobia as it approaches each year. So, anyhow, it sounds to me like it come from a couple of instances of misfortune on Friday the 13th and exploded into this big phenomenon where people are literally, certain people are literally afraid to get out of their house that day. So. Okay. Yeah. 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 Anyhow. All right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap off, uh, wrap up this podcast and go on to the next one. What do you think, Rob? You think that's a good idea? Yeah, we're, we're about time. All right. Everybody, thank you for listening, and uh, we we uh, shall talk to you um, on the next podcast. So thank you for listening. We appreciate it. I, Mark, says thank you. And I, Rob, say thank you. All right. We will talk to you guys soon. Have a great night or day or whatever it is you're getting ready to embark on. Where'd everybody go? We're the douchebags. Hmm. Oh my god, someone took a dump in the corner. Oh jeez. Ugh, glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. Oh, man, that smells.